What we've got here is failure to communicate. And to get hot, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. With your host, Mike Paul. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Hey guys, welcome back to Paul's to the Wall. I am joined once again by my, my brother Nick Paul, uh, my good buddy Chad Webster, and for the first time, our good buddy Tyler Bennett. How you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Doing well. So I guess the first thing to uh, kind of unpack is the, the recent news that just unfolded, and that's that the House passed this uh, new stimulus package for $2,000. A piece. A piece. And from what I understand, it's counting dependents like counting your kids i uh that's news to me really does anyone got any kids or like a pet something something i can claim i'm trying to get on this train i think it's a little late it had to be in your uh yeah. 2019 tax uh claim to uh of course through. are there salary cutoffs what's what's the deal with this? it's the same as before the seventy five thousand dollars, and then you get a reduced amount i think it's like I think the actual cutoff for like a single person is 98,000 is when you officially get nothing. And then it's like 150 K for a household. Okay. So yeah. like I've been conflicted with this. What is the libertarian position on it? Because, you know, my instinct tells me like, you know, this is essentially socialism. Um, but also there is an argument that the government won't let people work in a free market. So they've kind of stopped them from making an income all year. And also the fact that they've taken way more money than this than they're giving back. So it's kind of like they're squaring up to this point, but you know, I don't, I don't know, like I'm conflicted. So the way I think about it is at this point, um, you know, the time to make the case against deficit spending was like 10 years ago, you know, like Ron Paul was doing, like the only point of talking about it is so that when this collapse happens, people understand what caused it. It wasn't Trump's tax cuts for corporations from 35 to 21%, the tax cuts for the rich that are going to crash the economy. It's the decades of runaway deficit spending and this debt that's going to make us crumble. And also, I mean, it's not like this is going to add too much to the debt. Uh, it's, it's really just about, you're going to have some garden variety inflation. I think, I mean, I don't see any way that doesn't happen. You put two grand per person in the U S just here's printed cash. You're going to have to see some sort you're going to see some sort of shortages or, or something happening. But at this point I'm all for it. I just print the shit out of it. I mean, it's like, why not? What are we really trying to protect here? I mean, if we're ultimately right about this, then there is no stopping what's coming. So why not just enjoy it and buy Bitcoin and guns and ammo and gold and then just have fun with it. Why not? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. That's kind of what brings me to my next question is uh, what exactly are you guys planning on spending your uh, second round of Trump bucks on? Chad, let's start with you. Uh, man, I, well, I, I don't know now that it's $2,000. I mean, 600, I was kind of just like, yeah, that's dumb. What well, you gonna, what, your wife too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. We, we got a, we got a basement remodel that we were going to, that we're doing. Uh, we were going to finance that with, uh, the house I'm selling, but, but man, I don't know, you know, I, there, there is a 300 wind mag I've been looking at. So, so that might be fun. Okay, how about you, Tyler? 
man. I, you know, I, I, I kind of like what, you know, what Nick was saying, get some guns, ammo, some Bitcoin, you know, there's also like, there's that potential. Like I think, you know, with $2,000, even a single person could get some nice level four, uh, body armor, you know, that can withstand some higher powered rifle cartridges so that when the Biden administration comes and Waco's your ass for having an SBA three brace on a $400 po- uh, poverty pony AR 15, you know, you'll at least be able to take some of the heavier rifle rounds. They're shooting at you. Maybe you can escape. So, you know, I not saying that, you know, I would advocate that if $2,000, you should be at least buying yourself something nicer than a poverty pony. But, um, you know, you, you could, you could afford the nice level four armor, and some, you know, maybe like one box of nine millimeter ammo with the way things maybe. are going. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm seeing like, I think, you know, 50 cents a shot's going to be pretty standard for a lot of like your basic pistol cartridges for the near future. So I'd say, yeah, get some gold, Bitcoin, ammo, guns if you have it. Can you define poverty pony? What is that? I like the sound. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of a running joke on in certain firearm communities about like uh, the four hundred dollar Palmetto State Armory, you know, ARs that you can build, or like the like Anderson lowers that they slap together. Like, you know, they they shoot, they go bang, but they're, you know, the the quality control and stuff isn't quite what you know some people may consider run you know the standard for ars so they yeah okay. it's like a, just a, it's just a funny nickname poverty pony i like I the name it. of it i do yeah. have to down smith and wesson so i think it, it's i'm like lower middle poverty pony yeah i mean <laughs> poverty pony is better than no pony so mm-hmm. you know <laughs> sure. when it all boils down to it you should if, if that's what you gotta rock that it's better than nothing hey man and, as long as it goes bang nick yeah. what about you are you are you sticking with the precious metal bitcoin Guns ammo. Yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Me, man, two grand, two chicks at the same time. <laughs> and hey, well, now that you're hacky, just stealing office space joke, but I just couldn't help myself. But yeah, that's what I'm doing. Now that you're married in this year, does that? Well, yeah, because yes, you guys are still both adults. So it wouldn't matter if you're yeah, married. Yeah, we or would not. get the same whether we're married yeah. or not. Okay. Yeah, I'm just see, this is kind of like the um, the minimum wage debate where 15 is this magical arbitrary number that makes the world better. Like, like two grand, um, you know, 600 bucks was bad, but two grand's better. So wouldn't 10 grand a person be better or 50 grand a person or just give make everyone a millionaire. Let's just print a million dollars for every adult. Um, wouldn't that make the economy just a better place and we'd all be wealthy and that's what I'm saying. We'll just print our way out of it. Hey, if you look on Twitter, uh, I'm pretty sure the economy's fake. That That's what, uh, all, all the girls on Twitter say. So, mm-hmm. and, and some guys, and oh yeah. yeah, the, the economy is fake. And so is science, huh. right? Which I mean, after 2020 has been the icing on the cake for science. So, you know, but yeah, it's, I, I think we should just keep it going. You know, the more money we print, the more $60 AOC sweatshirts I can buy. So let's fucking eat the rich, just eat them up. <laughs> Like it's capitalism is evil unless you're capitalizing off of merchandise shitting on capitalism. Yeah, go for While it. Taking yeah. selfies with your iPhone 12 Max Ultra HD camera, you know, 
Mm, and well, she's like, I'm pretty sure she's like sponsored by Starbucks. Like every single picture you see of her, she's walking with a, with a Starbucks in her hand, which is just so ironic. Like just the, the biggest corporation for coffee in the U.S. It's like, doesn't that kind of go against all of your uh, your beliefs? Well, you know, that was the uh, the best part of the Bernie Sanders campaign when, and I mean, everybody knows when in 2016, it was the millionaire and the billionaire. And then he writes a book, makes millions on it. And then in 2020, it's just the billionaire. And then, you know, he got grilled on a CNN town hall. I think it was a couple of years ago. And they were saying, um, you know, you advocate ta- uh, higher taxes for the rich. But now you made millions. Why aren't? Why shouldn't you be paying higher rates? And he, or why shouldn't you pay some sort of wealth tax, especially with your multiple houses? And he makes the argument on stage, and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. He goes, "If if you write a best-selling book and you distribute it and get it published and you put all that work into it, then you can become a millionaire too." And it was just this beautiful moment where Bernie Sanders just, it's like, you know, a Jedi becoming the Sith. Like he's just getting drawn to the dark side. It was amazing. Yeah. I remember that. And I was like, oh, so only when Bernie Sanders creates something of value that creates money through capitalism, is it justified? Everyone else is evil and uh, malicious for doing so. So pardon my ignorance here, not knowing that it was even bumped up to 2000. So is the rest of the pork still there? Oh, yeah. I think so. I think they're keeping the pork. So that's what's crazy is they're sending like 10 million to Pakistan to fund gender studies. I'm like, well, we got enough graduates here in the States that are studied gender studies. They're unemployed. Send them over there. It'd be cheaper. There's so much pork. Like, I mean, who isn't, you know, Israel got like 3 billion or 3.3 billion. Like they're, they're also making it like a felony to illegally stream like uh, like your shows and UFC fights and everything else. So like, it, it's just, it's absurd. You can like, they're making it like basically like a felony. There's some language in there to protect, like, like they can charge you with a felony for illegally streaming. So like, you know, if you, you didn't want to pay for Disney plus you're rocking it out, watching the Mandalorian on some like, you know, xxxstreams.ru, like they can actually like bust you for that. Damn, I know that yeah, there's a like, prominent. Just so, it's the most fatty, well marbled pork you've ever seen. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of like uh, in the early 2000s with like LimeWire, and you hear about people getting popped like $2,400 a song for shit they downloaded. Mm-hmm. And I know that recently, th- I don't know if this is related or not, but there was a very popular, I'm not going to mention them by name, but streaming site for, you know, UFC fights and NFL and all this stuff. And you could stream it in like 4K and it never lagged. And you could donate to it by Bitcoin. And it was extremely well known. Like every every fight fan uh, friend that you had would like, they'd all share the same link. And I remember thinking like, how is the UFC not on top of this? Because it was pay-per-views like just nonstop. And this has been a year where it's been rough. Their sales have been down and there's no live gate. So they're struggling. So apparently cracks. Oop, I almost said it. Crack streams went down last week and uh, they're gone. So I, I have no idea if that's related. That's a sign tangent. Probably is. I, I mean, it would make sense. You, you, you'd think that it probably is related. Yeah, there's I, so much stuff in there. Like, I, I mean, like what I don't how these things go down. Like they just try to like they, they get a, a vehicle to put something through and they just pile in all this unrelated nonsense and they make it so overwhelming with so much information that. Like how much stuff of this has passed without us knowing decades past. Even like, the Congress just, members didn't know. Yeah. They all, they got like 
six hours to read this shit and they just passed yeah. it. Like you had like AOC on there on Twitter bitching and moaning about it. We didn't get enough time to read this, but then she voted yes for it. Yeah, she voted yes for it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that, oh, well, that was my favorite. Absolute like, favorite part. Like these, what a clown show. Like honestly, like at this point, like I know like the popular sentiment is just like, you know, we need, you know, libertarians are above this in principle. Like, but they've made the system so like rigged. You, why, why try to beat them? And you could just join them and just, you know, get on, get on the government cheese. Like it's absurd. And they, you know, like if you really look at it, like they're in every industry. Like the government's so involved in the market. Like almost every industry is in some way, shape, or form benefiting from the government cheese, mm-hmm. to the detriment yeah. of their competitors. And yeah, you know what's funny is. Like, so what was this bill? The first one that they proposed, it was like $990 billion. And there are a couple of viral memes and clips going around where it shows like the, you mentioned like 10 or $20 million to gender studies in Pakistan. And then there's, you know, uh, Trump had a video actually that he put out that was pretty good where he's like, oh, we're spending $15 million to count the number of this species of fish in the Gulf. And it's, it's just you know, here's 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, 50 million. And here's all this wasteful stuff that sounds like bullshit because it is. And it's like, okay, that's cool. You just accounted for about $2 billion. So where's the other 700 billion that isn't in the stimulus checks going? Like, can we, I'd like to just see, can you just give me the budget breakdown, like rank it by line items, like highest first, then second. Like, I know that there's, there's all these pet projects that every congressman's lobbyist has jammed in there at the last minute, but just show me like the facts, like what exactly are my tax dollars paying for my, you know, uh, evaporating, uh, purchasing power tax dollars paying for. Exactly. And you know, it's one of those things that like people in our generation and even younger than us are becoming so numb to how much a billion dollars is or a trillion. Like these are just words we throw around. Like it's a hundred grand. Um, it's like, it's a, even a billion is like more than you can fathom. That's so much money, but every stimulus is just more and more. And it's like, it's like that guns and roses song about the heroin addiction, you know, Mr. Brownstone was like, I used to do a little, but a little wouldn't do it. So a little got more and more like, that's exactly what the government's doing with printing money. Like it just keeps getting, it's a heroin addiction. It just, you get this tolerance now where this is the baseline. You need this to survive every day. And we're just numb to the fact that we haven't been sober in so long. We're constantly just living on this artificial high because we're afraid to come back down and crash to reality. It's, it's Keynesian economics, man. That's they they've literally raised an entire like two generations of people now that are like spending is what stimulates the economy. Like so you know, we got off when did we we like unofficially left the gold standard basically around World War One when the Fed was created and or we kept on it kind of half assed into the thirties when then uh FDR, everyone's boy, you know, that fascist got us he they he basically suspended it and confiscated everyone's shit mm-hmm. and then you know like everyone says the 70s we left it but we were we were funding wars on printed dollars way before that yeah so like, the the official. yeah so like you know and then they went on the petrodollar because we were pulling all sorts of shenanigans with the gold price and you know like it's it's absurd like you said like people the 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 level of cash that like people are just totally numb to now, like it's only going to be pushed further. I, the only thing I could see is like, 
you know, I've heard some some people talking about, you know, like the, that whole great reset deal. And I, I've listened to some people that are way more articulate and smarter on the issue than I am. But basically, like, it could just be like pushing it to just shit out the dollar and then just, oh, look it, we got something new. It wouldn't be the first time a government's, you know, pulled that shenanigan where they just they they destroyed their own currency via inflation or whatever and then came out with something new. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you saw some type of crackdown on precious metals, although that's mostly elites holding that. So it could be like Bitcoin, you know, like people holding it on exchanges. They can make it real difficult to get it off an exchange because mm -hmm. let's face it, too many poor people are getting making money off Bitcoin. It's it's freeing people from the chains that bind them with fiat currency, you know, and it's only a matter of time. I, I think they've already kind of talked about it. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, being that you probably know more about crypto than uh, any of us here, I don't know how much you know, Chad, but I, how, how secure is Bitcoin? I have two questions. One is if it's not in like a hardware wallet, as I understand it, it's not completely private and secure. So I, I can't remember if they said it was Ross Ulbricht, um, who just, by the way, we'll have to talk about this later, but apparently Trump is considering pardoning Ross Ulbricht. I know they were talking about it on uh, part of the problem with uh, Scott Horton, but you know, they talked about when Ross Ulbricht got, got pinched and they seized like what would now be like several hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin or it might've, it would have been millions at this point. And it's like, they just went in and took it. Like they didn't have his like phone or anything like that when it happened. And then the second thing is how do we know that central banks aren't pumping and dumping Bitcoin? Like, how do they not just create an account, buy billions, run up the price, and then when everybody buys in, they sell and dump it? Like, how do we know that's not happening? So I'll do my best. I'm by no means an expert. I was actually, uh, I, I just, I've DM'd uh, Mr. Carr Campit from the Timeline Earth podcast quite a Doctor. bit here or there. Doctor, doctor. he's the undisputed doctor. <laughs> um, so I, he, you know, I've bounced some questions off him, but basically the, the, the adage is, is like, if not your keys, not your coin, you know? So like, like for example, like on, on Robin hood, like you can buy crypto on Robin hood, but you can't extract your Bitcoin to your own hardware wallet. So it's all just speculation and they're totally taking advantage of all these people trying to like, it defeats the entire purpose of what cryptocurrency is supposed to be. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the, the whole point of like putting it, you know, on a hardware wallet is like, you're your own bank. You don't need, you know, Chase bank or U S bank or any shit like that. Like you can, I, I could send it to you guys and you guys could send it to me. We could buy things with it and that's kind of nature. So you know, it's, yeah, like if you're keeping it on exchanges, like you said, they, there has been some, I think the SEC has pulled some shenanigans with some smaller exchanges and shut them down or the exchange themselves. Like if it's some shady exchange, they, they could close down and just take everyone's shit. Like, you know, it, it's, and I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of pressure from your, your big, you know, JP Morgan Chase and, Wells Fargo, all those, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure because they're starting to see that like, they're not as needed. And what's, you know, you know, anyone that's involved with the government, the first thing they want to do is they want to lobby to shut it down because it, competition is bad. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of like the, are, are you 
amateur hour answer to your first question. Um, you know, but yeah, like exchanges, like even like exchanges can crash. Like, you know, like let's say like Bitcoin's it's, you know, riding high right now, but let's say the price crashes. Well then everyone's going to rush to sell. And then a lot of like, I know Coinbase has crashed before and Coinbase is one of the bigger, you know, bigger exchanges out there, you know, that, so, you know, it's possible. I, I just, from, you know, my limited knowledge on it, I would say that putting your, your coins on a, on a hardware wallet is a good move. You know, I, I, I recently did that myself when I, I started to f- finally get it enough to where it was seemed like a, a logical move, you know, and of course I didn't do a test run. I just full sent the whole thing at once. <laughs> and I was like, I had a little panic attack. I'm like, man, if I did something wrong here, I just lost all that. <laughs> so, you know, it worked out. It worked out. So, so Tyler, what exactly is a hardware wallet? Is it like a USB port or what, what does it even look like? I, I, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a, like a larger, I mean, well, okay. So like the nano, like ledger wallets do, they look like a jewel almost, you know, like, <laughs> but, uh, there's a few different ones out there. Like, uh, the nanos and the treasures are pretty reputable. Um, but yeah, they just, they plug in USB, you set up, you know, there's, there's various security measures to them that you set up and, you want to make sure that you, you know, keep those off, you know, like you want to write them down or something, and then you want to store them somewhere safe. Cause if you lose them, you're, you're <laughs> going to be fucked. What you? happens if that physical hardware fails? So there's, you know, there's means of recovery. Like you can recover your wallet. Like it's like they link it to like a, like a profile, like, and there's, they, you set up a means to recover it. I don't, I, I'm not an expert on that, nor do I want expert. Cause that means that I'm going to have to go through some nonsense to try to recover. But I, I do know there's, there's ways you can recover it. Now I'm sure you guys all know someone that's heard a, like a horror story before these hardware wallets or even like software, you know, wallets and stuff. When Bitcoin was just kind of like before the exchanges got real good, like I know a few people that lost like several Bitcoins because they were like keeping them like on like a iPod, you know, and like, yeah, they had like they had like like, you know, like half a dozen Bitcoins. And but that's that's pretty common. Or like that. Do you guys remember that that guy that bought uh, Papa John's pizza for like 10,000 Bitcoins? I'd be on suicide watch, man. Like I'd be. I'd be so sick. Well, I'm, like I'm kind of the bummed. best damn pizza. I was kind of bummed, uh, you know, just looking at what happened since the spring. Um, Cause you know, when during the first round of the lockdowns and uh, stimulus printing, uh, you know, everyone I talked to that I trusted was like buy Bitcoin, gold, silver. And uh, mm-hmm. I totally would have, but I was in the middle of buying a house and underwriters were watching my account and the lockdown turned into this whole house buying process into like a 65 day ordeal when it should have been like 20 days, but we couldn't sell our house. Now it was just in limbo for like two months and everything worked out. I got the house, but I was like, man, if I would take all the money I put into my house and just put it into Bitcoin and just bailed on this house, I won't give you numbers, but I could have bought this house cash by now. So I was like, but you know, it's, hindsight's 2020. Right. It's with anything, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I remember like, I bought like just a few shares with some bullshit cash in a Robinhood account on like AMD when it was like $9 and it's like $90 a share. Now I'm like, man, <laughs> you know, like 
but you know, I, I, I think that unless, you know, the, the, the fed boys and, and their banker buddies step in, I think it, I think it could still rise. I think, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It was at 2017. It was up to $20,000 and then it, it dropped down to like what? 3000. So yeah. it's possible we see another dip and Which is people, what you were saying about Bitcoin or uh, Coinbase crashing. I experienced that during that last surge when I hit 20 grand a couple years ago, because I bought like a hundred dollars worth went out six grand. Um, just, just to see what it was all about. And it was like, my timing was perfect. Cause right when I got it, it just started like, being really fun to watch every day it was like six eight nine just started like going like crazy then i watched it go to 20 one day and i was like sell 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 um and the app crashed and i couldn't open it and by the time mm-hmm. i got it back open it was down like four grand and i was like oh geez so well you want to talk about being able to torture yourself i remember um i, I could actually look this up and pinpoint it but it was back when i was like 19 years old and i was making you know 10 bucks an hour at the time working at a small airport and I, I was listening on the on the fuel truck, right? I like drove the truck around and refueled all the private planes. And at the end of the night, you have to get to the gas pump and refuel the truck. And it takes like, you know, 40 minutes if you have a busy day. This thing just fills up the, the truck. And I was listening to Andreas Antonopoulos on Joe Rogan's podcast. So this would have been like 2012 uh, or 2013. And he was the guy that I first heard about Bitcoin from. And he's like, you know, here's here's its unique properties. And here's why this is the currency of the future. And he was talking about the Federal Reserve. And I had just heard Ron Paul talk about the Federal Reserve. So this is like when I, when I first had my interest peaked. And I remember telling myself, I'm like, I should take one of my airport paychecks for 300 bucks and just roll it into Bitcoin. And it was like 28 to $32 at the time. And I tried. I tried several times and I couldn't figure oh. it out. I even knew that there were like 13 random words that you're supposed to create for your password. And it's like you have to physically write them down somewhere and then like make a couple copies in spots that you know you can retrieve them. And I tried to follow the instructions to do it. And for some reason, it got blocked or I can't remember exactly what happened, but I couldn't pull it off. And I said, yeah, fuck it. Oh. And then another time, a couple of years ago, it was like $800 a coin. And I told myself, I'm just going to buy a couple. And I, it was on a Saturday and I was trying to, I, I set up my account with Coinbase and everything. This is probably like 20, late 2016 or whatever. I think it was Coinbase at the time. And my bank kept blocking the transaction. And I'm like, this is really frustrating. So I called the bank and it was on a Saturday and it was like 11 o'clock. And I sat on hold, sat on hold, sat on hold. And I couldn't get through to a person. So I just threw my phone and I said, fuck it. It's not meant to be. And it was, I think it was less than a year later. It ran to 20 grand. So it's, you, could, you could torture yourself all day long. Nick, sure. Nickly, I just picture some like Bernie Sanders person on the other end and Nick's like the universe control. I'm like, you will not become a millionaire. No, you will not become a millionaire. <laughs> Nick, yeah, they, it was, it was probably the NSA. They thought Nick was trying to run crack cocaine or something. Oh, to actually, I'm going to, I'm going to interject. I forgot to answer uh, the second part of your question, Nick, is that I've, I've read theories that they thought that the CIA was funneling like drug money and trafficking money into Bitcoin to inflate it, to fund more, you know, to make more money off it. I have heard theories about that and it wouldn't, yeah. Like the old pump and dump, it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, Mike, you're going to have to edit this out. I want to try this real quick. I'm going to really spice up this podcast. Just follow along with me. Share screen. Brown bag special. i being the devilish marijuana. Amazing. Okay. 
<laughs> that can be fun. So, I have an Alex Jones soundboard queued up, so I can just. <laughs> okay. But I wish I could just share. I wish I could just share audio. You know, over here as okay. well. Okay, that work. Yeah. Well, now it's now it's back to. Uh, yeah, I just pulled it back up. Whatever. Okay, but if that works, then we could just do that. It would just be fun to interject every once and not overdo it. Not overdo it. You know, we're not going to overdo it. So, Tyler, what, are you going to go 100% into um, into Bitcoin with your uh, Trump bucks? Is that your goal? Do you think there's still a lot of legs left in uh, the rise? What are your feelings? Um, I don't know. I, I'll probably keep, you know, I'll probably put a little bit in. And then, like I said, I, I still, there's still some things that I want to buy. I actually, I, I kind of holding the same mindset as uh, Mr. Chad on this one. I, I've been eyeballing an, a 300 win mag myself. So I will see. I Ammo prices, if they continue to get more and more stupid, it'll, uh, you know, I may be a little more inclined. And, you know, I thought about like, I'm not one of those like, all in, you know, I think that precious metals still have quite a bit of utility too. So I may, may look into some of that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, especially if there's any, you know, sort of shenanigans that happen. I, I think they'll probably happen under the next administration because that's <laughs> the swamp is back in town. I mean, they never really left, but now they're really back in town. Dude. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the scariest part is now this same like crazy crooked media that was like doing everything they could to defame Trump is not going to be doing everything in their power to make Joe Biden a hero. Everything he does every hour of the day. They've already started. Yeah. It's and like the worst part is, is like Biden's so damn vanilla. Like at least Trump was funny on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to get any meme videos shared anymore. Like nothing good. It's just going to be swamp lizards. Hey, I Trump's not going anywhere. So, so I think you'll, I, I think you, like the 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 Trump comedy level might go up. Oh yeah, Trump the Trump person is still going to be alive and well in America, just with a absolutely. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. But I, um, I I mean he he's going to keep the same title for himself. <laughs> Your favorite yeah. president? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, the thing about Trump is like on the political landscape he it's not like he really rammed his agenda through he really didn't it's like what what makes trump powerful is that he has the uh the hearts and minds of you know 100 million americans behind him and when he leaves office he's still gonna have that you know he never got his legislation through he got things here or there that were all they just happened to be in lockstep with what the establishment wanted you know like when trump moves the the capital of israel to Jerusalem or whatever it was, or the, the embassy or whatever they did. It's like, that was all stuff that they were okay with. They let, ha they let Trump have like these moral victories for himself. So he could feel like he was getting his agenda through, but it was never mm -hmm. really, you know what I mean? It's not like he actually forced anything. It's like, I think he's more powerful in the media as a personality kind he of is. steering the culture. His, his base doesn't think that he was allowed to be president. They, they don't think that he ever was legitimately allowed to be the president. I mean, I, I I know people that have actually said those words. Well, I, I'm not even Trump's base. Like I didn't vote for him in 16. I voted for him in 20 just because this, you know, the media and everything was just so crooked. I was like, okay, this is like, you know, like Matt Erickson said it the best that Trump is the, he's the chair against the door for the next four years to let you build a way out. Well, this is all collapsing. So I was like, you know, I, that made sense to me, but having said that, I totally agree that he 
like his presidency was like it was just met with opposition every single day trying to impeach him over bullshit. Um, and yeah, like you said, like, he never got to push anything through. Um, it's just been one lie after another and, and just slander. And I, like, it's never, I mean, it's just unprecedented, never happened any mm. other time in history where the media and the entire, all the powers that be try to just defame a president. So I, I think that there's like, there's two like really incredible things that happened from the Trump presidency. The first being that now you have like half the country that's so furious at the election results that hopefully they just reject them outright. And then, you know, maybe this will steer more people into more of the like libertarian, you know, minimal government anarchist type circles, you know, or maybe even they'll get radicalized, radicalized, burn down a post office or something. That'd be kind of cool. And then, you know, at least on like like on a video game, not in real life. Um, and then uh, the other part being is that now there's so many people that have so much contempt for like mainstream corporate press. Like it's awesome. It's honestly incredible the amount of contempt that people like like CNN went from like fairly reputable, like to like your you know your average like normie to like they're absolutely despised now. Like it's incredible. So like, that's, that's a victory. I think, you know, no matter what you think about Trump, like the fact that like a lot of like otherwise normie people that would have believed everything Fox, even Fox news said, now they're like, fuck these people. They're all trash and they all think they're better than you. And they're nothing but propaganda and lies. You can't take that away. Yeah. The, the fact that the media, the damage is done there. Like there's no rebuilding their credibility after just the term fake news has become such just a household term now. And that's all Donald Trump to thank for that. It's incredible. I yeah. I mean, I, I love it. Like I love Absolutely. like scrolling Twitter and just watching people shit on journalists. Like Michael Malice is the king of it. 100%. It's amazing. Is, yeah. is, it, is it unfair to say that there's a cold civil war in the U.S. right now? No, that's not unfair to say. That's that's pretty reasonable. I, yeah, I've, I've, you know, a lot of people secession you know i think that a lot of people are kind of getting you know if you look at like electoral maps like it's really only cities that are blue the whole country's red for sure and like i mean you know like and that's what i've tried to explain to people like i know like maybe like three people who actually supported biden like three um i mean and there's there's no getting through to them but that's all right you know there there's still there's still some good in them um so like i you know, I've tried to explain this to him, like his policies don't reflect what the majority of the country, like what their lives are. Like when they, you know, like for example, when like, they're like, well, we need electric cars. Well, that's great in LA, but that doesn't work. You know, like, have they ever driven through fucking Kansas? You can barely find a gas station in some parts of Kansas. Like, or how about about just places that are, um, you know, the, you know, Northern Minnesota where it's super cold all the time. Like battery life is terrible out there. They, right. don't, they, think everything's, they think everything's Los Angeles where it's 75 and sunny all year round. Like batteries hate cold. Like that's one thing that people don't understand that don't, mm-hmm. you don't know much about uh, cars or batteries or motors or anything. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, it's unbelievable to me that like so many people like can't see like, I mean, this, this country is massive. It probably should be like four or five countries to be honest with you. 
I was always kind of hoping the fault line on California would just accidentally uh, eject it from the continent, you know, the, the major landmass, but eject. I, yeah. We, I thought mother nature was going to do its thing, but we haven't oh. got that lucky yet. You that know, was maybe, a fun mental image. Maybe if we get everyone to stand on one edge of California and it could capsize right into the Pacific. <laughs> yeah. It's a Hank, uh, Hank Johnson reference from previous episode for those paying attention. Now, if we were going to do that, let's think about this. If we were going to try to capsize the U.S. to sink California, I mean, if we're capsizing, then we're all going underwater. But if you mm -hmm. wanted to do it in the most entertaining way, would you load everyone up on the East Coast so that way Californians get like catapulted into Europe where they belong? <laughs> or, or would you put everybody in California and then it like tips into the ocean and then they get like tsunami? To like, what's the proper way to do it? I've I mean, I don't know if we actually, I know it's a rare natural phenomenon that islands capitalize slash. I think it's funnier yeah. picturing Canada and Mexico just along for the ride. Like, whoa, hey, what do we got going here? Just, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. All the East Coast I, I Mexicans are cheering it on because the West Coasters, they can't stand them. I, I kind of like the catapulting them into Europe. Yeah. Like, I'm sure people in the UK would, uh, they would welcome avocado toast. You know, I think that'd be a nice addition to their cuisine over there. Mm -hmm. Gun control and avocado toast. It's everything they ever oh dreamed of. God. That's right. Gun, con gun control. God, they're, they're beyond gun control. They, they're knife control, man. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Someone busts in your house in the UK. If you go hack their head off with a steak knife, you get charged. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. it's uh, What was the rule that was like, I think it was uh, last year that in the UK, they have a ban on kitchen knives. Like they can't be longer than six inches, which I mean, if you're, if you're cutting like some big, is shit, that a male or female not. six inches? <laughs> That's a good question. And over there, we probably call it. It's about a, what a quote or God, I don't even know 30 cent or 15 centimeters, something like that. But it's it's just so absurd, but I mean that's the logical conclusion of trying to ban or you know ban certain behaviors at the physical level. It's like all right, just keep pulling on that string until people are stopped being mean to each other. Like, what do you really want to do here? You know. Yeah. So there's uh, a little while back, I actually listened to the E Militia podcast. They did a whole episode dedicated to gun control in England and. If you want to go scroll back through the archives, because it was about it was probably over a year ago now, but it, it was super good. And like they talk about like how during like World War II, they basically gave British citizens the right to bear arms back. And they're like, here you go, guys. Like we might have to defend the, the homeland. And then they proceeded after the war, like, all right, you guys gotta give this shit back now. <laughs> like, you know, they go into a lot of detail. Like they they put in a lot of work. It's interesting if you get the time. But yeah, it's like could you imagine that here? You know, like the, I mean, well, the Biden administration might try, I guess, but you know, they're like, all right, guys, we're going to have to take everyone's stuff away. You guys are, you know, unsafe. And then something happens. Canada tries to invade us or something. And, you know, they're like, all right, everyone's got to have their guns back. You know, that's, like, that's what, what's, a, uh, I, that's what I'm trying to, uh, or I, I can't remember if it was, it was in our group text today. I think that it was a daily wire article that said that, the uh, CCP said that American private gun ownership is a problem. They called it a problem. Mm -hmm. And yep. to me, it's like, it's like, okay, are they, are they playing 4D chess here? Like Trump? I mean, cause how is that not an endorsement of the second amendment to 95% of Americans that the communist Chinese party thinks that private firearm ownership is a problem. The CCP, I, I kind of think of it and you know how like 
how obviously toxic like David Duke is. And then every time David Duke endorses somebody, it sinks them. And part of me thinks that David Duke just made himself toxic as fuck. And then anytime he wants to sink somebody, he throws his support behind them because then all of a sudden, like you're cooked if David Duke speaks highly of you. (laughs) So it's like, is the, is the communist Chinese party, like for some reason supporting the second amendment? Like it's, it's just very weird to me. That is, who knows? That is pretty wild. Plausible. Yeah. So Mike, what are you going to spend your Trump bucks on? Oh, thanks guys. Thanks for asking. (laughs) <laughs> anywho yeah i think uh i'm with you guys on bitcoin and all that stuff to that's the smart way to go but i also need to update some equipment for the podcast so maybe a new computer maybe a little advertising maybe a tandoor oven just to piss chat off <laughs> you know i i Depends just think that, that two like, grand a kid thing you know like buy me an extra tandoor can, ahead, can you change it. can you change the picture for the podcast uh for just this episode of the illustrious uh tandoor oven picture <laughs> i'll think about it uh, i don't i don't know if it's the right format so probably not I, I really think that like just the general belief is like you know it, the the logical conclusion is like you should just spend your trump bucks on, on whatever they don't want you to spend it on so you know whatever your thing is if if, you know don't don't go spend it at amazon that's what they want you to do go out even if you gotta buy a buy a bale of marijuana you know buy whatever you gotta do just whatever they don't want you to spend it on that's what you should Mm -hmm. spend it on you you brought the solid point that i wanted to get to and that's exactly what's going to happen is all the wealthiest corporations are going to get ridiculously wealthy off this transfer Mm -hmm. of wealth again just like they always do um jason stapleton talked about this when he was on the podcast um, about how anytime you give money to people who are bad with money, the people who know how to attract money get the money back out of the economy. So your Jeff Bezos, your your Walmarts, all your big box stores, they're the ones that are going to be setting record profits after uh, they give everyone money for nothing. Yeah. And all it does is just it creates the, the wealth divide even bigger and just makes the, the AOCs and the Bernie Sanders of the world have way more of a, of a you know, argument that sells to uneducated high schoolers and college students. And it's just in our monster. It's going to confront us five, 10 years down the road, way worse than it is now. And that's what scares me. It's like, we're either going to full on socialism slash communism or revolution. Like I, I just, I don't see Humpty Dumpty getting put back together peacefully here. So I've got, I've got a theory that, you know, I've been working on with this in regards to this, like, uh, um, I, I, I'm a little skeptical on the whole like revolution thing. And I say that because, you know, we, there's so many people they've, they've created such a system of, of spending and they've encouraged it through various means for so many decades. Now people are so far in debt. Like the only people that are out protesting are like, like, you know, most people don't even have enough vacation time to go protest. Mm -hmm. So like, do you really think they're like, you know, they, they got mouths to feed. They got a mortgage. They got, you know, two $700 a month car payments because inflation has driven the cost of a car to ridiculous amounts of money, you know? So like they got mortgages, they got car payments, they got mouths to feed, you know, everything's expensive. You know, I mean, it's, it's a thousand fucking dollars for a new iPhone. That's does, I mean, they're awesome. Sure. But they do the same damn thing that the iPhone one did, you know? So like, Everything's so expensive. Like, do you really think people are like, I'm going to go burn down city hall. 
I've had it, you know, like, like I, I just, I, I, I'm skeptical on that because I think that, you know, people are, it, it, you can't go down the road and, you know, if you're making good money, you can't just be like, whatever, I lose this job. I'll go get another one. You know, they've, they've created such a system of dependency and, and debt and fear and, and like the bad, all the bad kinds of tension, not like competitive tension where it's like, you know, you guys and I are all in competition for business and it's like a competitive tension. No, it's just, it's fear. Like, and now with this, with the, uh, the COVID you have like, who wants to open a bar now? Who wants to open a fucking restaurant or a, even oh, yeah. a gym? Who wants to do it? No right. one. So like they've created the ultimate system of dependency and fear. Yeah, you, you, you never see the job that doesn't get created. You never see the person who didn't take the risk and start their dream business. Um, you never see the family that didn't get started, the kids that weren't born, the marriage that didn't happen. Um, th- there's all these unmeasurable elements of life that have been displaced that no one cares because you can't prove it. But it's real stuff like the, the trajectory we're on is different than it would have been had we never locked down. Like the, the world, it's like that, you know, like uh, back to the future two thing where it's like, here's the 1985 when Biff took over and here's the one where he didn't take over. Um, it's like, we're kind of on a skewed path now where there's no going back. We're on an alternate dystopia. Yeah. And it's, I, I just like, you know, you have that little troll Fauci. They're like, he just never like, the goalpost just continually moves and like, dude, you know, that guy's wearing, it, him and Biden are wearing double masks now. Have you noticed this? They wear two masks every time they're in public now. Dude, the double they, mask thing is fucking, I, I, this is like when I started seeing the two masks and you know, I think it's the, uh, the Chicago bear fan in me that I never want to give up. You know, it's like you, you think that like somehow we're going to win this like the right way. And, you know, I remember like trying to argue data with people back in May and watching how resistant they were to good information, yeah. or to good news. You know, they're they're just like, no, it's bad. I don't care if you're disproving all of the things I said I was worried about six weeks ago. They just keep, you know, they keep soldiering on. And uh, and it's become only intensified recently where it's like, well, things will go back to normal once we get a vaccine. And I remember hearing this in the summer and it's like it takes years upon years to get a vaccine. So we just lock up until then. And then, you know, through Operation Warp Speed, we get a vaccine, you know, before the end of the year. And billions and billions of vaccines. Yeah. And and now we they're still saying no, like we can't we can't go back to normal. So then they're going to have to make a a vaccine for Bell's palsy, too, because we're going to get facial paralysis. (laughs) I, I remember back in like, what was it? March, maybe like when the lockdown first happened, I remember we were all afraid to leave our houses because, you know, you would have been ignorant to not take it seriously at first. Like, okay, is this really a, some kind of bubonic plague hitting us? Um, you have all this fear mongering of Italy where a thousand people a day are dying and all this that who knows what we were actually hearing was how accurate it was. But I remember watching Trump speak in maybe probably the first time he gave a speech on it. And you tell he's kind of rocked right now trying to figure out what to do. He's very uneasy. It wasn't, it wasn't typical cocky Trump, but he was saying, um, I think the the press was asking him when is when do you think uh, how long is it going to take to you know get back to normal and he said I'm you know from what the experts are saying maybe July August and I was like what like that's like yeah. four months from now I was like oh, are you what like we're going to do this for four months and here we are going into the new year two hundred two hundred and eighty seven days dude it's just like we're just so numb to it it's like everything else we just we just become so numb to get our freedom stripped away and i don't know man it's concerning like i just i fear for the younger generations and my kids like watching 
like just set in this example that like oh no we do we do whatever the powers tell us to do like it's it's all like that uh you know the claw like we're just all those people watching Fauci as the claw like the claw tells us when they go outside <laughs> yeah. like, they they they've convinced people to tell on their neighbor you have like the karen crew that like they go and tell on bars that open up and it's just like what mind your own damn business like i mean like okay so like most people get it they make a full recovery i I think most of that stuff is fear-mongering i mean i'm the only one in here that hasn't had it i was gonna say three out of four of us had it but i i mean like you know, we were all in our early 20s once. I've drank, you know, you ever drink enough Keystone Light? Like, that's way worse sickness than whatever the, the COVID gave me. Like, no, you know, like that. I just, a healthy, a healthy dose of exercise, you know, eat some vegetables here, there, drink a little bourbon. It'll kill anything. You're good to go. Like, it's like, I, there's still people that haven't left their fucking houses since March. Oh, yeah. Which people do you guys find more interesting? The people that you see at the grocery store with the um, plastic grinding shield, like, you know, hanging off their face with four inches of air between their face and the shield, or the people that drive alone wearing a mask down the highway in their car. Oh, I think they're tied for last. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something right now that you will not be able to unsee. Only because I drive so much, I've really caught on to this. You will never see somebody wearing a mask while driving by themselves without their hands at 10 and two on the wheel. True. It's a hundred percent. You never yeah. see just one left True. hand at 12 o'clock. You're know, like just hanging cool, lean back in the seat, like some kind of cool, like a uh, 1950s greaser. No, 10 and two, just real thin, you know, just sitting upright. They, they look like a robot. It's like a, like a background prop of a movie. They don't look like I, the real people. I was riding my motorcycle in the summer because it was just like a, I guess it was still probably still spring. Cause there was no one on the road. Everyone was at home scared. So it's a perfect time to ride a motorcycle. It's like the only good time to ride a motorcycle. I go to the gas station to get some gas. I see a guy. He's pumping gas. He's not wearing a mask. He's just, you know, pumping his gas and getting along. He puts the pump away and pays or whatever. And he gets into his car. And I shit you not, he reaches across the car into his glove box, grabs a mask, puts it on, doesn't cover his nose, and starts driving away. Oh Safety I first. Like, I was like, well, <laughs> wait a second. What? Like, I, I was just in shock. I was like, what What did I just see? Well, I was thinking about if you saw the amount of fear mongering from COVID versus 24-hour-a-day news cycling of we're all going to die for months. Imagine if they did that with car wrecks. If every time there was a fatality on the road, it was just national news. That's all we covered. People would – a lot of people would not be driving. And the ones who do – like there would probably be government regulation to put NASCAR spec roll cages in all factory cars and five point safety harnesses and fire retardant suits and neck braces and helmets. Like everyone be dressed up like NASCAR drivers to try to, cause like, do you hear how many people are dying every day in the road? Like it's so dangerous. It's the most like common way to die. Like you're going to be freaking out. I'm not going to lie. We, that, that sounds kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. but doesn't that make a lot more sense though? Where it's like that would actually like, hey, if someone wanted to dress up in full on like race car gear, like I fully support your right to do that. Don't mandate it, but sure. um, it, like at least there's a valid argument that you know I do a thousand miles a week, so it's like I you know it, I'm at higher risk than most people to get smoked by a Peterbilt. So it's Dude, like I'm you know, telling I mean, Geico how many miles you actually drive a week. I know you're probably undercutting that. 
What's that? I said, I'm, I'm telling Geico about how many miles you actually drive a week. I know you're not uh, telling them you're driving a thousand. Or yeah, maybe I'll send that out to my insurance agent. Yeah. <laughs> but he actually, yeah. he meant, he meant a thousand a year. A thousand a year. Yeah. You know, I'm just, this is a With show. You know, in reality here. Yeah. This is, this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> right. But no, I mean, I totally think like, if you fear monger people enough, like you get to wear a mask, like of course you get them to wear, like just wear a race car helmet or something like when you're driving a car, you know? Cause it's, I mean, let's face it. Well, it's going to make it safer. I, I'm going to be wearing one of those neck braces. Cause I ain't going out like the intimidator. <laughs> <laughs> Long live Dale, man. Uh, dude, I think, um, I forgot who said it. I think it was a meme that went around years ago that I've always loved, but it said like, you know, politicians should be required to wear sponsors on their coat like nascar drivers so everyone that funds their campaign they should just have everyone can see that obama and romney have the same top five sponsors on their suits like that's the way it actually should be so we know what we're getting like oh oh this one's sponsored by raytheon both that was dan carlin i think he actually said that first and then a few other people have kind of taken credit or i'm pretty sure it was dan carlin uh that you know, first came up with that, but they're, they're it genius that have claimed it. Yeah, it was really genius. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should, we should know who's, who's so, paying for this product we're getting. I'd rather see them not get paid, but, uh, but that'd be good too. I mean, the, the sponsorship <laughs> jackets would be fine. <laughs> I've so, kind of been embracing a return to tradition, if you will. Um, you know, like you, you, your stimulus money can buy like a 55 gallon drum of tar, 10 pounds of feathers, you know, that also works too. They can keep getting paid, but we can use that too. Yeah. You know, okay. So I, I made a meme that did somewhat well. It was like a Google search that said how much tar and feather can $600 buy. And then somebody else had a meme of like an Amazon cart of it was, it was a, you know, X amount of feathers and then tar and two things, right? So back in the day, in the 18th century, the way they would tar and feather people was with like hot pine tar. Right. So, and it was often uh, lethal uh, because people would get like scabbing and blistering. And, you know, when you don't have any, um, you know, disinfectants or, uh, you know, what's the other word I'm looking for, you know, modern medicine, antibiotics, you get infections and then you die. So it was often lethal and it was just, you know, chicken feathers and, and hot pine tar but it was really just to humiliate people. And, you know, I saw, I don't know if this is, I don't know if I'd rather get tar and feathered in the 18th century or now, because in this meme of the Amazon cart, the, the epoxy or sorry, the tar was like this two part epoxy. That was like, it's never coming off. Like it's, it's an epoxy. That's the good stuff. (laughs) No, it's like, you are becoming, it's like a tattoo. Like it's, it's on your skin forever. And then the, the odd thing, was the feathers were ostrich feathers it's like it just seems excessive it just seems very it's exotic right. Dude, I, I like this two-part epoxy get some ostrich feathers nick you really got to stop talk about stuff like this and mentioning the unabomber because i really like this podcast to get off the ground and you're really gonna get <laughs> kind of watch hey, i wasn't in, i wasn't explicitly endorsing anything this oh, is of course a- not no but, um, yeah. as i said uh, watch i'm just saying right? like you know it's, it's a free market you can spend your money how you you so choose sure make politicians birds again yeah <laughs> oh you guys but you know, like I, I, I really don't have like I, I i outside of like thomas massey like and Rand paul on some occasions 
I have no faith in the rest of them. Like totally during a lot of this crap. And yeah, once Tulsi said she wasn't coming back or didn't get reelected, she, you know, she's still got some work to do on that domestic policy of hers. But, uh, but yeah, Massey's been like on point about all of this. Yeah. Yeah. He really has. Uh, well, cool. Anything you guys want to close on? We're just passing an hour. I I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I'm just, uh, waiting on that, uh, that check from Donald J. Trump so I can go spend it irresponsibly. That stimmy check boy. Yeah. yeah. Let's, you know, like we've already, you know, one thing that we all, that I forgot to mention, um, is like, would they say like 23% of all us dollars in circulation have been printed this year? It's up to like 35, but yes. Mm. Stocks. 23%. Send it. You're quoting yeah. like August numbers, dog. You're, that's we're yeah. up to like. I told you, I'm, I'm. That's that's awesome. I'm so I'm so proud of our federal reserve yeah, I, central I, bankers. Um, excuse me if this is wrong, but I did hear the stats somewhere. I didn't I didn't verify it, but it sounds about right that we printed more money in a 90 day period this year than the last 90 years in U.S. history. I believe it. Yeah. it sounds about right. <laughs> it sounds that's right. Awesome. I mean, it, it sounds awesome. right, but it also sounds like what. Like, can you just like just stop and think about that for a second? Like that's like there's got to be repercussions. Like that doesn't just you can't just do that and expect nothing to happen. But I don't no, know. Like, I, is, I, I, it's gonna I be wild when like when your dollar can't can't buy you anything with your paycheck except a bottle of Wild Turkey 101. Like you just you're not gonna have any shits to give. It's gonna be the best time. Yeah. Did you guys hear no. uh, flask sales are at an all time high? Like flasks yeah. are coming back. Like, because people are just like drinking on the job because they're so depressed. That people are just like, yeah, because there's no concerts to sneak them into, you know. So right. Well, like, like, liquor liquor and weed's essential. Yeah, I, I, I did my fair share of uh, drinking during the initial lockdown. Really, one really cool point I would like to close on. Um, I started listening back to this podcast after I had Ryan Brutt on the other day, who's the auto archaeologist, and we got off the subject of cars and started talking about our favorite podcasts. And he recommended this one to me years ago and I started listening to it. It was really good, but it's it's very in depth. So it's like it's like going to like a like taking a class because there's so much history. But it's called Fall of Civilizations. There's only eleven episodes, but each one's about a um ancient civilization that rose and collapsed. Mm-hmm. Um and the first one's about uh Romans in England. Like the, they took over England, which I never knew this even happened. It's really interesting. But they're talking about archaeologists that find like buried gold and silver on people's property. And he, the, the, the narrator is explaining that when times are good, people keep their gold and silver accessible in their houses and their safe and vaults, um, places where they can access it. And when times get bad, when civilizations are collapsing, they bury it. So it can't be found and confiscated. And they, in hopes that when things get better, they'll come back and dig it up. Um, clearly, thousands of years later or hundred, you know, whatever it is. Um, they're digging them up because the people never came back for it. Um, but it's, it's really kind of telling where I was like, man, like how, how close are we to burying our precious metals or your hardware wallet? Because you're afraid of getting confiscated. So that's you, what, you uh, haven't already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I've buried, I've buried a handgun in at least three States now. <laughs> um, you know, so they, uh, the Bitcoin standard talks about that, like uh, the decrease, like when they start printing money or doing funny business with money, like the collapse of civilization in that nation, like they go hand in hand. The, 
think it happened, you know, it happened the Romans, the Ottomans, it, 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 a lot of people would, I mean, you know, they call it late stage capitalism, but that's just a stupid buzzword for we're printing too many dollars and shit's hitting the fans slowly. So, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, they did it like even, even Venezuela, what's their, their inflation's like 10,000% or something stupid. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. So it's like anytime you start doing funny shit with the money, yeah, bury bury your gold and silver in your yard, but make sure to bury a four hundred dollar poverty pony next to it. Just in <laughs> case. Yeah, I mean, I do like to always point out to uh, my my lefty friends that Bernie Sanders did champion Venezuela in like twenty twelve, like as like a role model that we should be following. And then these same people, when I point that out, tell me that the reason Venezuela collapsed was all because the U.S. got involved. I said, okay, what's wrong with that? Let's make sure, okay, that's that's what happened. You want to give the U.S. the power to control everything. So the same people just crashed Venezuela, their socialism over your life will be benevolent and everyone will be happy and prosperous and utopian for the end of the time. It's never been tried before. Never. If we did it, you know, this generation, they, they could figure it out. The late stage capitalism thing drives me crazy. Because, you know, when was the last time there was actually capitalism in America, like real capitalism? I mean, we've been corporatist for ever. Cronyism, corporatism. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, um, yeah. I mean, just look at the auto industry. I mean, when when you're hijacking the means of production to build war machines, that was socialism in World War One. I. I mean, People like to forget, like they like to think it's this kind of like patriotic thing where we all band together to produce. And okay, it's a fair argument to make. Like, okay, we need to win this war. We need to stop the Nazis in World War II. Sure, but it was kind of by force of the government. You know, we shut like cars. Like, I don't. If people don't know this. They're not car historians. There were no cars in the U.S. made by the big three between 1941 and 1946. Like, there's there's cars that are 1941s and 1946s, but there's no 42s, 43s. Like, so. They shut down to make GM, Buick, uh, you know, Ford, Chrysler. They're all making tanks and planes and bombs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, oh yeah, it's so American and cool. And I used to, that's how what my mindset was too when I was younger. I thought it was so cool. I got all the posters out of the old magazines, all the propaganda from the forties. Um, at my dad's shop, we have them all hung up because they're kind of cool seeing all the auto manufacturers building the stuff. But then I kind of got a little more red pill, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm championing socialism. Yep. Oh, FDR was a. I mean, everything that FDR uh, talked about in the 30s, like Nazi, uh, Thaddeus Russell talks about it in in his book, um, Renegade History of the United States. But like the Nazis loved FDR. That dude, like all his policies were praised in, in Nazi Germany until we went to war with them. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they, they, they loved that dude. Yeah. Like, you, was yeah. Wasn't they the feeling the mutual? Deal. Wasn't the feeling yeah. mutual for a while? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I and, thought and so. I think it was Mussolini said that FDR is doing fascism right. Like, because yeah. people, I mean, they hear fascism now and it's like, oh, it means like a racist president who does like executive orders and attacks journalists. Like, that's what fascism is. When in reality, it's like, if you look at Mussolini as like the godfather of fascism, it's like, no, you you take the government and it takes the might and the kind of efficiency of the marketplace and then government steers the market and you know corporations do the bidding of the government yeah and i mean that's that's what fascism actually is you know it's a state apparatus controlling private industry yeah um actually 
Henry Ford championed Hitler in the early 30s, like saying like, oh, this guy's onto something because they both felt the same way about a certain race of people. Um, and I think uh, there's rumors that Hitler even had like a portrait of Henry Ford on his, his office wall. Like mm. it didn't age well with history. And, you know, to be fair, had Henry known, known like 15 years later what was going to happen, I don't think he would have been on board for that. So it's kind of to look through history through this lens is a little skewed. But, um, yeah, it's very complicated. But, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's not what you heard about in your uh, History 101 class in high school. You you, you just got Henry Ford canceled. No, dude, this uh. is well-known knowledge. He had a full <laughs> newspaper yeah. that he cycled to all his dealerships called The Independent. Yeah, I know. all ranted about. <laughs> yeah, know. You know what? Fuck, fuck that Ford Fusion, all right? Yeah. No, dude, <laughs> he's, he's a complicated a guy. You know? Damn it's it, like, now i got to sell my truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. If you keep it up, you keep buying Ford products, you'll get canceled, too. Hey yeah. guys, I'm peace in. Good podcast. Later, Nick. That's probably a pretty good point to wrap on. But yeah, once again, no one's condoning that. I'm just saying Henry Ford's a very um, complicated figure in history. You know, it's uh, you can't like negate his legacy, but it's also uh, a huge blemish on his legacy. Oh, there's mm-hmm. a ton of there's a ton of examples like that. Though. No one's perfect. Yeah, there's a ton of examples like that. For sure. Well, cool, guys. Thanks again. Uh, yeah, we should probably make this a regular thing. Let's we'll come up with yeah. a clever name for the, you know, this is basically our group chat minus my cousin. Maybe we can get him on one of these times. Oh, God. I'll work on him. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to bribe him with some beer. Yeah, for sure, guys. At least right, the beer you like is cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, Chad, Tyler, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Mike.